the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Star.com. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Thank you, Lord.
Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. Today I'm going to share with you a message, a dream, by Dana Coverstone. He released it yesterday. We need to hear it. I'm not endorsing this, although I have a great respect for him and for the Assemblies of God Church. He has been a faithful pastor for many years, and his specialty has been helping churches that are broken. He's been very well accepted. And now he's having these dreams. I've never met the man. I've only listened to them. And I know as I listen, they're quickened in my heart by the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you have been critical of me for playing this on the air. Never mind. I'm going to do it anyway, because I think we need to hear. I've been inviting you to pray and fast before this election. I think it's essential that we do this. Now, before I play this, I want to make a very clear statement. How should I put it? I am commissioned by the Holy Spirit with a very direct word to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and obedience that comes by faith, not by works but real real obedience, real righteousness. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I will not back down from calling you to obedience to Jesus. Jesus is everything to me. So I'm going to share this vision by Pastor Dana Coverstone. And then we're going to take some time and talk about it. And then both Thursday and Friday, we're going to do a day of prayer. We need to pray about what we hear, and we need to pray about what the Holy Spirit is moving in your heart. So Thursday and Friday, I will not be preaching. We will instead open the mic and open the lines for prayer. I urge you to also fast tomorrow and Friday. Let's go now to this message by Dana Coverstone. Hey, good morning, folks. It is Tuesday, October 20th. Um, Last night I had the compilation, a complete message of a dream that I've had the last several days. It started about the 17th or 18th of October. Um, this one got my attention, especially since we're so close to the election. Uh, the second part is a little bit more contentious. I've sent it to, to two of my friends to look at. Um, once again, I'm not going to try to interpret what these dreams are. I'm just telling you what I had. I felt the urgency to get them out this morning. Um, so here's what it is. I saw what looked like an atlas with an interstate lines all over the nation. Like if you're looking down at an atlas and you see the, the, the interstate lines going all over from state to state, 
uh, and they were flashing with bits of information going all over. It looked like it looked like a data map. It appeared to be like a network of sorts. It was obviously overworked, uh, and some of the data points were not flashing. Some were the places, cities, smaller places. Uh, it just, it, you had flashing. You had things that were moving. You had data points that were moving, almost like traffic. But I could see there were small workers in white lab coats, and they were trying to work on the areas where the data was not flashing. Uh, I could see. I saw hammers. I saw. I saw guys with laptops. I saw people who were trying to work out the. Uh, the, the minute details of why this point wasn't flashing or why this point was flashing too hard or too fast. And I could see the areas heating up. I heard concerns that the circuits were going to go hot. That's what they said. Those circuits are going to go hot, and if they go hot, they will fry. And so that was the language I was hearing. And I said they're going to go hot and get fried if they could not slow the system down. And suddenly from the west coast of the Midwest, and it started Washington State, uh, Oregon, California, there were these big flashes, and then I saw smoke from the data points that seemed to represent those bigger cities, and, and they stopped on the western side of the Mississippi. So it started all the way on the west coast, went to went to the west coast or to the the western edge of the Mississippi River. Uh, I was not seeing explosions, I was not seeing bombs, I was seeing like systems shutting down because they were so hot. Um, and as the system, as the data points, the flashing got closer to the bigger place, the bigger cities. Um, it got faster and faster and faster, and almost in the background in, in my in my dream, I could hear that uh, 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 like a warning sign that happens in a laboratory or something like that. Uh, and the lab the lab coat guys they were working feverishly to fix these, but they couldn't get the system back online. So instead, they were trying to reroute. I could hear them saying, "Reroute that system. Go around this city. Go." I I heard them say several times, "Go around Reno. Go around Reno. Go around Reno. Get get through Vegas. Go here. Go there." And they were trying to reroute the system to bring whatever the system was back to life. But as they were doing it uh, and rerouting it, the bigger cities were still sending up smoke clouds. It was like uh, like you would see in the old Western movies, where the cloud, you know, like someone had like a like a like a Native American Indian with a with a with a blanket or something going over it. It was almost like the data points were sending up information about what had happened there. I did not see Native American Indians. I did not see anything like that or people doing the smoke. But it looked as if there was something interrupting the smoke as it was coming up, almost like it was sending out a signal of information. And then there was a countdown clock. There was no countdown clock at first, but now on the other side of the of the, of the Mississippi River, there was a countdown clock, and it was counting down ten. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And when it reached one, the eastern side of the Midwest started having the same flashpoints, and the cities there began to smoke, and the circuits were fried. And I could hear those guys yelling, "The system's going up! It's going up! It's going up!" And then they would scream, "It's going down! It's going down! It's going down!" The circuits are going to fry. The circuits are going to fry. And then there would be these flashpoints, and you would see the smoke. But when the flashes reached Philadelphia, and this was specifically the city that I saw where all this was happening, was Philadelphia. The network line that was red—it was like a—it looked like a fire hose that was pulsating with with like LED lights inside of it. Uh, but when it got to Philadelphia, the network line was red, flashing, went into where the Liberty Bell was sitting. It went underneath the Liberty Bell, and when the pressure began to build up, and it was like watching water in a fire hose—it just filled it up, filled it up, filled it up, came underneath the Liberty Bell. And when it got underneath the Liberty Bell, it blew up, and the Liberty Bell went flying straight up in the air. And it split in half. The bell split in the middle of the air. It threw the, the, the Liberty Bell up into the air like this. And then the Liberty Bell split in half. And it fell in such a way that the round area 
what landed on the ground, and it was it was rotate. It was like going back and forth, just just uh, wobbling back and forth. Um, it didn't land on the, on the flat edge of the bell. It had been cracked in half. Once again, it and, and the crack was where it had split through the whole thing. So the crack became what split the whole thing in half. It stopped rocking after what seemed like in the dream, several minutes of just rocking back and forth like this. And then the Liberty Bell began to melt. It was almost as if a huge heat source or from the data point that 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 that, that uh that fire hose was so hot that it was melting now. So the, the Liberty Bell began to melt and, and like heat was being applied. And then I saw that the lines of data were all headed towards Washington DC from there. It looked like the city had these octopus arms, and they and they were trying to fight the disconnected data lines. And I, what I assume was they were trying to keep the explosive power of the system shutting down from hitting Washington D.C. And so these octopus arms came out, and they were trying to disconnect the systems. And then, but there, there was one that just kept flashing, was kept building up pulses that seemed bigger and more extreme, carrying more data, more information than the other the other lines I'd seen um, in in the like the interstate area before. Though there were people wearing suits and ties, these, this was business attire, I saw justice, I, it was not necessarily Supreme Court justice, I did not see faces, but I saw judges, I saw people in um, suit and tie, business attire, professional business, and they were trying to uh, basically pull this line out of Washington, D.C. to keep it from blowing up or whatever. They were trying to pull this line away from the city without avail, with, to no avail. This thing kept going. It finally blew up um, because all the connections went to the Capitol building. That's exactly where it was going, to the Capitol building. It finally blew up, and the building literally cracked in half. So I'd seen the Liberty Bell crack in half, and now I saw the Capitol building crack in half. And it issues this huge smoke cloud. And as the smoke goes into the air, it creates a word. And that word was discovery. Discovery was the word that was in, in the air. So you got the, you got the halls of Congress cracked in half. Uh, you've got the smoke just billowing up and it's spelling this word out in the sky, which is the word discovery. It's not, it's not like smoke is dissipating or clouds. It stays there in the sky. And there are people that, that they're running now. And they're not running from the explosion. They're running from the word they see in the sky, which was discovery. Then the scene changed, and I saw a rotunda of the Capitol and there was a closed casket in the middle of the rotunda. And the sign on the casket stated that inside was the Democratic candidate for the office of president. And there was a calendar hanging above that casket, and it had the date. Specifically, clearly, I saw it. The first, one of the first times I've seen an actual date, not on a calendar, but on the paper, it said December 17th. That date was clearly spelled out. And I'm not going to say someone's going to die on the 17th. I'm not going to, I, I don't know what to say about it. I'm just telling you what I saw. That's all I'm doing. But it said, uh, the, the calendar hanging above the casket, the sign said, had December 17th circled. Now, one of the sons of the Democratic presidential candidate was there, but not the other. And his wife was there, and she was looking down at the ground. Nobody was crying. Nobody was crying. There were also many congressmen and senators from both parties in the room, and they all had their heads down looking at the floor, and they were shaking them just violently, just making fists and shaking their heads violently. Also, all their shoes were not on their feet. The shoes were piled, like when you walk in the, the rotunda area, all the shoes were piled there. 
So all these congressmen, all these senators uh, were basically barefooted. There was a couple of the, of the females that had socks or stockings on their feet, like, almost like uh, a pantyhose-type stocking on their feet. Everybody else was totally, totally barefoot. And then a prominent senator stood up and demanded to see the body. And that's when the sergeant-at-arms rushed up, and he said, with several Marines, by the way, and he said, there will be no viewing of the body today or ever again. There will be no viewing of the body today or ever again. And the senator sat down and collected himself. Then he walked over to that pile of shoes and he dug through all these shoes until he found his pair. He put them on and he sat there for a minute, looked around. You could tell he was getting angry and he rushed out of the room. And he was, he was running like at a sprinter's pace to get out of there. Smoke was still rising outside and he's running towards the White House with both fists clenched like this. And he's just, his mouth is moving and... I did not hear the words, but I could see that he was, he was cursing. Not, not like swearing, like cussing. He was cursing the White House. He was cursing the leadership. He was cursing, um, he was cursing the, the leadership. I, I, I don't want to put words out there because I did not hear what he was saying, but he was obviously cursing. Um, he was upset with something that was going on. He was, he was intent on making, making a change. And he stopped for a moment near the Washington Monument. And he looked back, and when he looked back, there was about 20 to 25 other people who were following him. Men and women, I, did not, I can't tell you parties, I can't tell you who they were, I did not see these faces. The runner, yes, I knew who it was, I'm not going to say, but nonetheless. 20 to 25 people are following after him, but they're holding their shoes in their hand while they walked. He told them to hurry, but they just continued their very steady, almost cautious pace to get to him. And then he sneers at them. And he sneers at the White House, and he begins sprinting towards the White House as fast as he can. And at this time, I saw the man I'd seen in the previous dreams. He was standing in the place where the President gives the State of the Union address. He was standing in the halls of Congress right there where everybody sees the President give the State of the Union address every single year. And he tapped the microphone. It was one of those real thin, it wasn't a shirt SM58, it was a real thin, uh, very professional microphone that was there. He tapped the microphone three times, one, two, three, and then he stated in a very loud voice, a house divided against itself shall not stand. And he emphasized the word shall. He said it like this, a house divided against itself shall not stand. And the emphasis was on the word shall. And then he pushed the microphone down, just put his hand and pushed the microphone all the way down to the uh, podium. And he walked to the door at the rear of the room. And on that wall, there was a panel of probably 25 or 30 light switches, just your flip switch. And one by one, he flipped them down. One by one. Until every light in Congress in that building, in that room, went out. Um, and that was the end of the dream. So uh, I had this dream... Over the, over the course of the last three or four nights, um, I've not slept since about 3 o'clock. I had it at about 2.15, I think around 2.15 to 2.30. Um, woke up with an incredible urgency to get this out there. Um, once again, I'm not going to say all the things I think it means. I think we're about to see a whole lot revealed in Congress. I think the next two weeks we're going to see a whole lot more revealed about some of our leaders uh, on both sides. But uh, 
whatever I saw with the data points, there, there are explosive things that are happening. And it, I, I'm, that was not cities blowing up. That was information. That was data points. That was systems that were crashing. And uh, so I'm sharing this, uh, asking you to pray about it, uh, pray for wisdom, understanding. Every time I, I put a dream out there, I usually get, and this is no joke, I usually get three, you know, three to four hundred people will try to interpret and tell me what the dream is. And, and that's okay. I can't look at all of them and I don't look at all of them. But all I'm telling you is I think, you know, we are two weeks today from the election. And there's a whole lot going on definitely in this dream. And the dreams I've had lately have been a lot more political, a lot more situations. I'm also not saying that, that, uh, that Joe Biden's going to die on December 17th. I'm just telling you I saw a closed casket. I saw a sign that said this is the, the Democratic president for, for president or the Democratic candidate for president. I saw his wife and one of the sons, not two. Uh, I, and, and that's all I'm saying. Um, we are seeing some of the things I've seen in the dreams that are happening, and and you know I'm not trying to just clarify that and say, hey, uh, I'm doing these. I'm, I keep telling these dreams so that that there's some some value added to what I've said or done. I'm just trying to be obedient and share what I've seen. Uh, you can do with them what you want, um, but I am trying to warn the nation. I'm trying to warn the church that I believe there's some pretty explosive things that are coming, and that we better be where we need to be. Number one, the Lord, and secondly. Be prepared with our families to to protect, to, to watch, to lead, to guide, and to speak up right now. Um, I think this is going to be the most important election and the most contentious election in not just modern history, but in the history of this nation. And I believe I, I think I'm qualified to say that based on the news, the reports, of things that are happening, the number of attorneys on both sides. So uh, take this, do with it what you want. Uh, but this is the dream that I've had last night. This is the dream that will be on my mind for the next several hours, the next several days going into the election. And uh, so please pray. Because the spokesman that was standing where the president gives the state of the union said, a house divided against itself shall not stand. And if we've ever been divided as a nation, it is today. I don't think we have to go back to the Civil War to find the kind of divisions that we have like we have today. Um, and, and, and the division is a very, very spiritual one. Um, it's, it's the difference between right and wrong, good and evil. That's what we see out there. It's not black and white. It's, it's not, that's not, that's not, the, that's not the, the biggest issue that we have in this country. There's a spiritual issue that is deeply underneath the, the foundation of this, of this country. And things are about to become explosive and violent and issue-oriented. But I think also, what, what, I'll just say this. I think God's about to punch the November calendar. The more I pray about the more I see, I think God's about to say enough is enough in this nation. And, and we'll see how the, how the rest of my dreams play out. But I'm just telling you what I saw today and ask you to pray about it. Ask you to make sure you're right with the Lord. Uh, ask you to share your faith with as many people as you can. Get out and vote. Get out and make a difference. But also prepare for the things that could happen in the next several weeks. We are two weeks today from the election. And things are not slowing down by any means. So uh, take this and do with it what you will. Thanks for listening. That was Pastor Dana Coverstone, the church. Again, I'm not endorsing this dream. I am sharing it with you because I think it is vital. He is right in saying the division in America is a spiritual division between right and wrong. It's not between black and white. There is a deep 
root of evil in our nation. And we are seeing that geyser of vile wickedness pour forth into our nation. And let's be honest. All of us as Christians watched as they removed prayer from the school. Then we watched as the Supreme Court made the decision Roe versus Wade and opened the abortion floodgate for the murder of children. And then we watched as marriage was redefined. We have watched, we have watched, but we have tried to be sensitive and tolerant and open, but you can't be that with evil. The church is going to have to stand up and be very clear and very clean about right versus wrong. America is in a full-blown crisis, and I believe in this dream that I've just shared with you, the data is information, and I believe it's information of utter corruption. And as this is exposed, America is going to go through some very, very painful things. I believe God is finally saying, America, enough, enough. If you watched Antifa in Boston yesterday with men in the streets eating raw hearts with blood in their face, shouting praise and worship to foreign gods and idols, You watch now as CERN is trying to open the abyss so Apollyon will come forth. We're seeing occultism, witchcraft, flood America and the world. Now, in the book of Romans... I'm going to read for you several passages. Romans 1, I'll begin with verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. And then in the next verses, he describes how he's made it plain through the creation, through the demonstration of his power in the world. But men and women have deliberately turned away from the gospel, and the church in America has compromised. And so we became centers of entertainment, Centers of shallow preaching, short 15-minute messages, bragging on we have short sermons and we have the best 
children's program and we have the best praise and worship team and we have all the effects, the the lighting and the the smoke. The church in America has become utterly corrupt as well. And the Lord is finally saying, enough. And so he used the devil's device to vomit the church out of their buildings. He's calling for righteousness. The world laughs at us as the church in America. They know that we are very much like them. Verse 21, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Anyone who opens their eyes sees that shameful lust is on display in the television, on the internet, in the print. God has given America over to shameful lust. And many of us as men recognize that that is, in many ways, the final frontier of the evil root in our heart being utterly removed. And God, we must cry out to him, asking in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Spirit that that evil root be utterly taken from our hearts. Now, Some of you believe that you always have to struggle with the old man, That's not what Romans 6 says. It says the old man is utterly destroyed by crucifixion. If we're going to serve God in holiness and in righteousness, the old nature must be removed from us. Now, those who argue that the old nature remains forever are giving excuse to sin. And they're saying, I couldn't help myself. God's just going to have to accept me the way I am. No, God is not going to accept you the way you are. He has opened the door of heaven for you to be transformed into his likeness, into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And we must turn away from our drinking and our partying And our sports, professional, I mean, look what's happened to the NFL. Look what's happened to professional sports in America. They have become utterly evil. 
the church is going to have to rise up and finally say, I'm drawing a line in the sand. I am not going to participate in the things of darkness again. I'm done. I'm finished. It's over. And we're going to have to recognize that Jesus is coming again. Soon, we're on the final countdown. Some of you, your hearts are fearful because of what you see coming. Please, my dear brother, my dear sister, confess the fear to Jesus and ask him to give you a spirit of joy and a spirit of peace because the scriptures say, lift up your head for your deliverance is nigh. Jesus is coming again. This world is almost finished. I expect Jesus very soon. I don't know when. I won't set a date. But soon. And fearful things are going to happen as we wait. But God is dealing now with America, and he is going to expose Joe Biden's Burisma contacts and his son's bribes and the evil of child pornography. He's going to expose many who have walked with a second life, a hidden life of utter evil. Diane Feinstein and others. I could name many more. Nancy Pelosi is an utterly wicked woman. The news media has been very clear about her shenanigans. I believe all of these things are going to be utterly exposed. And the church in America is going to have to rise up with a very strong voice and say, this is wrong. We will no longer be tolerant. We will no longer accept evil in our nation. It is finished. Many pastors are going to be exposed for their double life. It's already happening. I believe the data that Dana Coverstone saw was God exposing the corruption in America and affecting a cleanup, a great revival of godliness. I praise him for this. I worship him for this. This is what must happen. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. Now he, the Apostle Paul, gives us a hit list of what that evil depravity looks like. It has a name. Listen. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness evil, greed, depravity. Like the CNN broadcaster who this last week masturbated on the Zoom 
on the internet with all the other people there watching. Given utterly to evil. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey. They disobey their parents. They're senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. You wouldn't even describe a lion or a bear this way. The Lord is saying through the Apostle Paul that in the end day, human beings are going to become utterly degraded, only to be caught and killed. And that's what will happen on the great day of judgment. And that day of judgment is coming. If you read Revelation, I'll turn to it. Very quickly, I'll turn to it. This is the eighth chapter, verse three. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne and the smoke of the incense together with the prayers of the saints went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar and hurled it to the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning and an earthquake. There came hail and fire mixed with blood and it was hurled down upon the earth. A third of the earth was burned up. A third of the trees were burned up and the grass was burned up. I hope you hear what I'm saying. God is not tolerant of evil. He is patient, but he is not tolerant. And he's come to a place where he's saying, look, enough is enough. The second angel sounded his trumpet. Something like a huge mountain all ablaze was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea turned into blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. In other words, tsunamis. A third angel sounded his trumpet. A great star blazing like a torch fell from the sky. And a third of the rivers and on the springs of water, the name of the store, star by the way, that word star, in the Greek, it's asteroid. In the Greek, it's asteroid. A third of the waters turned bitter, and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. A third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, a third of the stars, so that a third of them turned dark. A third of the day was without light, also a third of the night. 
As I watched, I heard an angel flying in the midair call out in a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. In chapter 9, talks about the opening of the abyss and the locusts coming. And the locusts torture those who do not have the seal of God. Now, there are many who are saying that we're going to be secretly raptured from this place before all of this takes place. I don't find that in the scripture but it may be true. We'll know soon, and if it doesn't happen, then where do you stand if you have believed in the rapture because then you're headed into what I've just read? We're facing God saying, Enough! I've had it. America, you've turned to every vile thing. You have become a nation of wickedness. Greed. Listen in Second Timothy, the third chapter. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not, not lovers of the good, but treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. In other words, they're going to be in the church. They'll have a form of religion. But they'll be utterly wicked, and that's what's happened in America today. Now, why am I saying all of this to you today? I have an agenda. And that agenda is for you to finally recognize that God is almost through with sin. And you need to declare your position with Almighty God, and you need to walk in that declaration of obedience before Him. And you need to have a single focused mind on Jesus Christ and what He's calling for in this earth, because normalcy is not coming back. Normalcy is not coming back. We are at the end of time. And all the things prophesied are now beginning to happen in the earth. The tremendous increase in earthquakes. The terrible storms. The plagues of, of disease. The plagues of insects the hunger, the starvation. All of these things are beginning to happen. Your only safe place is to be hidden in Jesus Christ. There is no reason to fear if you are hidden in Jesus Christ. There is only reason to fear if you're still divided in your loyalty and you're still playing with sin and you're still believing the lying preachers who say you can sin and still go to heaven. It's clear you cannot. God is coming with judgment against all sin. He's coming now against ju with judgment against all unrighteousness. 
And you need to make a decision. Will you be crucified with Christ? Will you lay down your life for Jesus? I hear Christians say, oh, if it comes down to it, I'll die as a martyr for Jesus. I won't deny him. Oh, but what about denying him day and night in the way you live, in the way you fill yourself with the wickedness of television, the way you fill yourself with the wickedness of the Internet, as you're totally consumed with your cell phone? What about the way you live now? Can I tell you? The way you live now will determine whether or not you're willing to take the mark of the beast. What are you going to do when you're hungry and your children are hungry? But to get food, you have to take the mark of the beast. And you have to swear allegiance and you have to deny Jesus Christ. Then what will you do? Your decision has to be made today. It has to be made now. You have to decide and then live according to that decision or you will not have the strength to withstand the demonic power that is coming against you in this nation of America. So you've heard Dana Coverstone's dream you know there is coming a total uncovering of the corruption of our government and of our businesses. There is a great crisis coming upon this nation. It is upon us now. I tell you, when I watched that video this morning, all I could do was sit and weep. All I could do was cry for America. And for those of you listening who are still playing games with God, you haven't come through yet. You still want your beer. You still want your entertainment. You still want party time. Party time's over, people. Drinking time is finished. It's time to get serious with Jesus. I want to tell you, God loves you. God loves you. Do you love him? Do you love him enough to lay your life down for him now in the way you're living? If you do, do what he tells you. The Holy Spirit will tell you exactly what to do. He'll tell you if you're to go buy some food and put it away. I've done that. He'll tell you every step that he wants you to take. And yes, I will vote. Because it's an issue between gross evil and the murder of our babies. It is the gross evil between pedophilia and righteousness. So yes, I'll hold my nose while I vote, but I'm an American citizen, and so I'll vote. But my heart is not for America. My heart is for the American to turn to Jesus. My heart is with Jesus Christ. 
And I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it teaches a man to be righteous, to be holy. It teaches a woman to walk in peace with her family and her husband. It teaches us to be clean. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. I'm ashamed of the American gospel. I'm ashamed of the American church. And Jesus has said, enough. He said, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth if you don't make this decision. If you don't buy the gold, the faith tried in the fire, if you don't put on the white raiment of righteousness and righteous acts, if you don't take up the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you'll be blind and naked and hungry. Let's pray. Oh, Lord. I love you, and I love my dear brothers and sisters, and I'm very grateful that you have finally stood up from your throne and said, enough is enough, and I'm very grateful that you are calling for a great awakening in this nation, rather than simply judging us and casting us into the pit. Lord, I pray for each who's listening today that that decision will be very clean and very clear and very real, that they will turn aside from the world, the flesh, and the devil and begin to search the scriptures, reading and praying and fasting. Almighty God, prepare our hearts for tomorrow as we have a day of prayer and then again on Friday. Thank you, Jesus, I pray in your holy name. Amen. We're coming to the end of the month and we're still some distance from having the money necessary to pay for radio. Would you help me? If the Holy Spirit is moving in your heart, would you step forward? Thank you to each one of you who has already done that. You can go to the webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. Go to the upper right-hand corner and click on that button and you can give online. PayPal is phasing us out and I'm okay with that. Um, you can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel. I go to the post office every day with a prayer in my heart that I'll hear from you. And some days I do and I rejoice. On the days when I don't, I rejoice and pray for you. I pray for what God is doing. So write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. You're welcome to come on Sunday. We have two couples that are out on Sunday, but you're still welcome to come. I want to tell you, don't be afraid. Jesus has you if you're walking clean.
I love you, my brother, my sister. I'd love to meet you in person. I'll talk to you soon.